Hello and welcome to Basketball with Glasses. And this is a special team tracker episode. So each week I hope to take a scouting report look at a team that is nationally relevant uh, to the conversation regarding the tournament. Maybe even find some gems that may be lurking in those mid-majors. So, in these episodes, I will be taking a look at the team offensively, defensively, and also try to take a quick snapshot as to what teams they will be most successful against and the teams that they will struggle most with. Uh, And this week, we've decided to start with Gonzaga. Let's start with Gonzaga's offense. They're very efficient. They like to play up-tempo, and we know this. We've seen this in multiple games. Currently, they have one of the fastest uh, tempos in the country. Their average length of possession on offense is the eighth fastest in the country at 15 seconds per possession, which is really, really fast. It plays to their strengths, which is, and perhaps their most defining characteristic as a team, is passing the basketball. They are great passing out of the post, with Timmy leading the way there. But interior passing also relies on guard penetration. Strother, Nimhard, Rasir Bolton, all have the capability of getting into the lane and making passes. And while their assist rates may not reflect the amount of passing that occurs, it does demonstrate by watching the tape their commitment to and execution of constant motion offense. The fact that they are moving and cutting without the basketball And in particular, they're great at identifying secondary motions off of their primary break set, which allows them to get really easy buckets. That's what is shown by having the number one uh, field goal percentage on two pointers in the country, currently at 66.6%. They have been lethally effective at scoring the basketball when they get the ball in half court sets it looks a little different in that they don't usually create immediate post-up opportunities they don't look to immediately enter the ball into the post to drew timmy instead they tend to rely on a pick and roll offense or a pick and pop offense that allows for Timmy to read the defense as the screener and make decisions while the ball stays in Nimhart or Rasir Bolton's hands longer. They also like to run a double screen action on break sets that creates that open roll, and that semi-transition offense also creates easy layups. They swing and rotate the ball. It doesn't really stick on any side of the floor 
generally, especially when they're effective. Uh, and ultimately, they when they do try to get the ball into the post, they are excellent at post-entry. It's something that seems very simple, but is d difficult if it's not done with practice and intention. Gonzaga has great guards that know how to deliver the basketball to their big men in a way that is effective. They deliver it to the right hand if that is the way that the big man needs to spin to get away from the defense or to provide them with an advantage. It's almost uncanny how the ball on post entries allows for the, it, it really is the first move that the big man makes based on that pass entry. Um, it's hard to explain how exactly they're able to identify that, but they sense the advantage and, and it comes with practice. And with this team having some continuity between Drew Timmy and Nimhart, uh, and then just the the savvy, the basketball IQ of Rasir Bolton is what has made this team and kept this team as the top Ken Palm efficiency team in the country. Uh, he does a great job at molding into what style Mark Few likes to play. A couple of statistical notes. Gonzaga doesn't really turn the ball over. Uh, 18% turnover rate, which is great. Um, they also have a pretty high assist to field goal made um, a percentage or ratio with 55% of their assists um, a field goals made coming off assists, which is which is really good. Uh, the D1 average is 51%, so definitely above the norm there. Where I think uh, offensively, they are going to uh, need to improve is outside shooting. Right now, they are average, 33.3%. They're able to get through that because of their... Uh, unbelievable two-point field goal percentage. But threes and free throws seem to be the bugaboo of this team offensively. And um, if a team is able to match up with them defensively from an interior size standpoint and pack line defense them to the point that they are forced to start making threes, uh, then it becomes an issue. Uh, they do have capable shooters. Looking at their uh, their their outside guard play, um, Strother has been probably their their one of their better three point shooters. Um, that wasn't expected. I, you know that wasn't something that they came into the season expecting, but. Right now, shooting 42.5% from three. Rasir Bolton shooting 45.7% from three. Everyone else is pretty average or not great. Um, you know, Chet Holmgren is 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 shooting 36, 37%. Drew Timmy is only 12% on the year from three. 
And that's an element of his game that he should really look to improve because that's what's going to be needed at the next level. The other player who hasn't shot the ball well yet this year is Andrew Nimhart, who is really shooting a subpar 30% from the field. So there definitely is room for improvement on offense, especially as more teams game plan against them. But they've already worked through the majority of the difficult part of their schedule. They have Alabama on Saturday, December 4th, but they don't really have another major game. They have Texas Tech December 18th, and then after that, their winning percentage probability based on Ken Palm is north of 80% for every single one, 85% of every single one of their games until they get to uh, BYU on the road in February. So there's a long way to go between now and then, and they still can look to improve and refine their skills as they are working on uh, their offense. Overall, Gonzaga's been pretty good this season, especially on the defensive end, and that's where we're going to look next. Defensively, Gonzaga has some strengths. Specifically, Chet Holmgren does add an element of a shot-blocking presence. But in fact, when watching the tape, um, his ability to block shots statistically shows up differently than if you were to, say, look at Evan Mobley at USC last season. Looking at Chet's block percentage in Ken Palm, he's at around 14.1%, which is very impressive. But the part that is missing in terms of his defensive presence is his ability to leap across the lane, to recover, to make up the ground needed to come from the weak side. Most of his blocks a good portion of them are from players attempting to challenge Holmgren at the rim. And he is great about getting position and has his hands up, but that in and of itself is effective and does help their defensive alignment when they are looking to be somewhat aggressive on the outside. The striking thing when it comes to watching Gonzaga, is that they play defensively as though they are an NBA team. And what I mean by this is that they anticipate that they're going to give up points, and that is part of what they will do defensively, knowing that they will be able to come down and outscore you. And and that reliance upon the offense is very clear when they are playing lesser opponents. Defensively, they can get lost. Emotion offense is very effective against them, which is actually one of the things that I noticed the most in the UCLA game. They played more aggressively up top, and UCLA went almost exclusively to a pick-and-roll or a pick-and-pop offense, and that they are really adept at 
defending. They have great rotation on the backside, and they are generally in the right position to either force a difficult jumper or, at the very least, funnel the player away from the basket. So they have those defensive fundamentals, which are really effective. But mentally, they can lose track in a full motion, cut, back cut, almost a Princeton-style offense. Uh, When they play some of the lesser opponents, they do tend to lose them. Um, But they have the athletic ability to recover. So Chet Holmgren covering a lot of ground at 7 foot. Drew Timmy is a sneaky 6'10", and while he's by no means a shutdown post defender, uh, he does well enough to hold his own. And for him, quite frankly, that's effective enough. If you look at the Evan Mia data, uh, he is their best starting defender according to the defensive uh, Bayesian um, rating that is applied. Um, and in fact, the second best is Nimhart, Andrew Nimhart, who uh, is also very effective. They really haven't had many challenges in terms of stopping teams. The two games that were the closest to being um, effective against them were Duke and Texas, clearly. Duke uh, was mostly effective in the transition game against them, which was surprising. Uh, Gonzaga does like to play a high tempo, but usually they're able to get their defense set and get back. But Duke had the athletes in order to beat them down the floor and to catch them off guard in transition. And that is where the ability to uh, check on defenders is really important. Um, and to understand where your positioning is in, in the transition game to identify players. Um, and, and that kind of bore itself out. Now, Texas um, also was effective, but it, it was more seemingly in um, a game-controlled way, if that makes sense. Gonzaga had control of the game, and when Texas was somewhat competent on offense, uh, they it, it really seemed to come out of a lack of intensity on Gonzaga's part, which would make sense when they were up. So, again, very interesting sort of um, trends here with Gonzaga. If you look at their defensive numbers... Uh, 10th in efficiency in Ken Palm. So, you know, definitely not a slacker in in terms of team. They don't get a lot of turnovers, especially for a team that likes to play up-tempo. They just don't press a a bunch, not even in the full-court sense, but even in the half-court ball pressure sense. The only time that I've ever really seen them do that is when they're playing a higher-end a top-tier school, uh, whether that was UCLA, Duke they did it against, some, Texas. It seems like they ramp up their game based on their opponent, which can be dangerous, but uh, still effective. They are great at grabbing the boards. With, with Timmy and Chet Holmgren on the floor, they're always going to be effective rebounders. 
they are limiting teams to a field goal percentage of 43.3%, which is really, really good. Um, you know, if you're, especially if you're looking at that UCLA game, um, it just felt like Gonzaga uh, was limiting some some three-point opportunities for teams, uh, especially against UCLA. They only shot uh, 16% from three. But I think what was most impressive is that um, their offense feeds their defense in the sense that when the other team feels as though they need to score every time because Gonzaga will score every time down the floor, that makes it difficult. And, and because of that, uh, you've got a team that uh, kind of rushes shots. And that's honestly what happened to UCLA. And, and Gonzaga blitzed them early, 29-8. to eight. When the first couple don't go down, then you force them a little bit more. You know, if you look over the, the last three quarters of the game, you know, UCLA and Gonzaga kind of played back and forth. I mean, it was close. It was within a point of each other. Um, for the last 30 minutes of the game, but that first 10 was just utterly dominated by Gonzaga, and it was because UCLA got sped up. They like to play slow, and they rush shots, and Gonzaga's defense really preys on that. If you rush shots, if you miss, start missing a couple of shots, that leads to runouts. That leads to easy baskets for Gonzaga, which snowballs. Um, so... It would not be a great team to do the Roy Williams method and try to let your team play through it because it, it does. It turns into a snowball of um, Gonzaga domination. A couple of other points that I'll make here briefly. Um, they really do a pretty good job of limiting the three despite the fact that they allow three-point shots to sometimes go uncontested. The key is they are fairly intelligent about understanding who's hot, who's not. So they close out accordingly, and they, they do a pretty good job with their scouting reports. They understand who's a good shooter, who's an okay shooter, who they're willing to let take a, a, an outside jumper. And because of that, they are in a better position to rebound and run. And uh, I think that's a very smart approach uh, by Mark Few. Um, and, you know, they are just, in general, one of the taller teams in the country. Their average height is 7th in the nation, and, and that just generally helps you on the offensive end um, and on the defensive end uh, especially because of the able to clean the glass. And as, you know, many coaches say, that defensive possession does not end until you secure the rebound. So... They do a great job of that with their offensive rebounding percentage given up at 22%. So uh, that's a very effective job of keeping the glass clean, which again, as I mentioned before, feeds into their offense. So overall, I think that they have some great defense, um, and it's, it's one of those uh, defenses that aren't going to win awards for style, intensity, tenacity. There's not an outstanding defensive player 
that's on this squad, but collectively they play a team defense that is effective enough to supplement their amazing offense, and that's where they are most effective. They're great at protecting the paint. They uh, can be isolated against the right matchups, so they do have a couple of players that if you get them in the matchup game, uh, which is what Duke took advantage of, especially Paolo in the first half, he worked hard to get Timmy on a switch, and Timmy just doesn't have the foot speed. And so it really looked like an NBA game in that they were hunting matchups, hunting uh, one-on-ones that would give them an advantage. And there aren't a ton of teams that have that ability or talent level to do that. But if a team does, that is something that I think could be troublesome when we get to March. So who matches up well with Gonzaga? Well, that's a good question. Uh, One that we've actually gotten a number of real-world analysis to, to look at. They've played some interesting teams and had some close battles with top contending teams in their weight class. And they've performed admirably for the most part, but as we've seen, they have uh, kind of ramped back a little bit since the loss to Duke. So who who does match up well? What What statistical or team profile works well with against Gonzaga and who who wouldn't let's start with um, Duke Duke has athletes and talents everywhere they've got big guys they've got guards and that's ultimately what it's going to take someone who has competence at both ends Um, they Duke really attacked Gonzaga on the defensive end they sought matchups as I've mentioned before, but they also had interior defenders in Mark Williams who had the length and size to match up with whatever rebounding uh, advantage that Gonzaga usually has. And without that advantage, it leads to more difficult shots. Now, they can still work the ball in the half court But when you take away their easy transition buckets and teams that get back and have size that gets back quickly, that is helpful. Which brings me to a couple of other teams that they haven't played yet, but could be effective against Gonzaga. One of which is Kentucky. With Oscar Shibway on the glass and the combination of guard and wing depth, and Keon Brooks as well, they have the balance of size and guard play that could be effective against Gonzaga. Uh, Not to say that they would guarantee a win. The one part of Kentucky's game that would need to change slightly would be the amount of ball pressure that's put on. And if if you watch the Tarleton game or if you found highlights somewhere, uh, where it just was like this shocking, how are, how are they even within 100 points of Gonzaga? A lot of it had to do with ball pressure um, that the other team played defensively against Gonzaga. 
Duke did a great job of that. They forced catches out towards midcourt. They uh, didn't allow primary break actions to work successfully, which required them to then dig deeper into their offense, which uh, became muddled and a little bit slow. It stopped the ball movement. And those were the types of actions that really slowed down Gonzaga to the point that it made it very difficult for them to compete, especially in the first half. So in looking at those sorts of ideas, um, I think Virginia's style of defense could be effective, where they play that pack line. Illinois kind of plays that style. Um, From a personnel standpoint, one of the interesting matchups and the one that I think most people want to see all year that they aren't going to see until the tournament, if anywhere, is with Purdue. Zach Eddy, Jaden Ivey, they have the horses, the talent on the in the backcourt and in the frontcourt to really make a difference when trying to play Gonzaga. But if I were the coach of some generic D1 power five school if i have the guards that are willing to defend and press and push that would be my game plan and hope that i have enough uh, help on the on the glass to compete and ultimately you know every team kind of has that that game plan and can build that game plan but i really think the guard pressure matters and you know, I think that playing a zone to kind of slow it down a little bit could be helpful. I tend to think, though, that man might be the best option against Gonzaga from a strategical standpoint because their passing is so adept that they will find the holes in the zone and they will shoot the ball. And I think it just comes down to whether they would be able to shoot effectively or not. I would really want to force Gonzaga away from the basket, um, keeping them out of the paint, keeping them, pushing them for more uh, deep shots. As I alluded to earlier, the three-point shot thus far this season has been a little touch and go. Uh, Bolton has obviously shot the ball well, but if if you can make a point to uh, attack Strother and Bolton on closeouts, especially Strother, because Bolton does have the ability to drive by his defender and make a play on the move. That is the benefit of having somebody like Rasir Bolton. But Julian Strother, I think, while he is somewhat effective and has been so far, I'd rather take away his 40% three-point shooting, and I'd rather see him drive and try to make a play uh, against a packed-in defense. But that would be my game plan, and ultimately that that is the shot that people have against Gonzaga. I thank you for listening to this Team Tracker deep dive into the, the team that is at the top of Ken Palm in the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And, and now, uh, as we go into the next few weeks, we'll investigate other teams. So stay tuned and thanks for listening.